everybody. This is Dr. Phoenicia Mawepo and my husband, Laurent, Larry, coming back at you with another Think Big podcast today. Our topic today will be financial literacy and relationships. This is going to be interesting because two people have to come together to work some things out when it comes to the finances, right? So we want to talk to you today about what we wish we would have known what we already knew and what we're still learning about in regards to financial literacy. Yeah. The thing that I think that most people mix up is their identity from what the responsibilities are in a relationship. So with that, we want to talk about from our past. One thing that we realized was that we didn't know how to protect our credit. And so when we think about that, We had a lot of things that we wish we would have known with that when it came to credit protection and how to keep your credit scores high. Because when we, when Larry and I first got married, I had a 720 and I didn't realize the value of that until later on when that score dropped. And now we've just been in the process of just trying to get back to that level. Right, Larry? Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to ensure that our legacy is not defined by debt, but rather as an asset. And that's the biggest thing we're trying to do is make sure that we are turning our liabilities Mm -hmm. into assets and keeping them from becoming liabilities. Right, 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 right. And I like how you said our our legacy, because what we're doing now is not just for us for the moment. We want to set up things so that we, um, our legacy through our children and grandchildren, like the word says, to have something in place for them, but not only just have it in place, but also teaching them right now to handle wealth and and, um, knowing how to handle their credit and assets and different things. Yeah, so one of the things that we probably let's start with is um, what we wish we would have known. And one of the things that we didn't realize is we came from a background in terms of having educated parents, parents who did go to school, but they didn't have that financial literacy in terms of being able to pass down financial knowledge other than the cliches that we all hear, you know, Buy high, spend low, right. be careful with your credit, don't spend more than what you need, don't get greedy, and not really max- maximizing the family as a unit. And credit was treated as an individual enterprise and not as as a financial unit, like what you might see in some other cultures. You see in the Jewish culture, you see that they try to try to look at credit from a family perspective and a community perspective. And black folks just don't like talking about money. They especially don't like talking about credit because a lot of them are intimidated by what goes on in credit. And they're not up to date on what's the, what's going on in terms of credit rules and guidelines and, and what, what needs to and be And how done. to play the game. Cause it is definitely a game of how to, what we're learning through this process of how to um, maximize your credit to buy your assets and different things and not the liability and turning the liabilities into the assets that was going to grow your wealth. Right. So investing was something that we wish we would have known um, in our earlier years being together, we may have heard of it, but 
we wasn't being taught how to practically invest in stocks or businesses or real estate or anything like that. Yeah, I think for for me, uh, having my parents, I'm first generation American. Both of my parents came from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And so they came in with a mindset of how do we survive? And I think a lot of black families in the black community, as well as in the um, Latinx community, in certain communities, people are pressured into survival and how to be defensive and not be and yeah, not be aggressive and not be informative and understanding what educational tools to reach out to. Plus, there's not a legacy of investing in a lot of communities. A lot of it is put your money mm-hmm. in somebody else's hands and they'll manage it for you and hopefully you'll get a return. Um, Social Security is seen as the biggest investment um advantage in a lot of communities when they don't understand that you have to be proactive in controlling how to invest, who to invest, and doing research. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, a lot of us are lazy learners and we're being taught how to follow the rules. And following the rules is what get a lot of us yeah. in trouble. And I was going to say, I was going to speak to that too, Larry, about being lazy learners. A lot of people don't want to do the research and do their due diligence. So they just hand over their things for, like you said, for somebody else to manage it and control it. And I mean, we've heard countless of stories of people um, being duped by that, right? Their money being taken away or whatever, or bad investments. So we... Um, from our past is bringing us to the present of where we are now um, and learning from the past of where we, where we want to do today. And that is understanding how to get back to like a 720 score or above um, through credit repair programs or, you know, just linking up with and listening to people in the financial world that really are the experts and that can guide us back to where we want to be. Right. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've come to recognize is the word due diligence Mm -hmm. and the application of that type of discipline and how to put it in your life. So in the financial world, when you're going to buy a business, they always recommend that you do your due diligence and try to figure everything out. So the equivalent would be when you're buying a house and you're going to go through the inspection process and you're going to go through the um, other um, escrow and everything else, you're expected to know what you're buying. And um, there's an old saying of let the buyer beware. But the whole point is when you're going to buy a home, you're going to figure out everything that's wrong with Mm -hmm. it and try to get the best price and maximize your investment. So the same concept goes into credit and you have to understand what your due diligence is. So as a business owner, your due diligence is finding out everything that's wrong with that business before you acquire it. As a regular person, you're going to make sure that you understand what affects my credit score, what changes my credit score, how can I increase my credit score, and how to protect that score once I have it. And that's one of the things that we've been educating ourselves Yeah, and, and one thing that we've been doing, what we got into was looking at, listening to other podcasts that specialize in these areas, and we're learning so much because I've never heard of um, 
credit utilization rate and how that affects your credit score. Cause we've been like at this for, for a while now trying to figure out well, what's going on with our credit. How can we get what, why we keep having these low scores or what's going on, you know, and it's just was mind boggling to us until we started listening and trying to find out what, how to, how to increase those scores. And one thing was because of the credit utilization rate. If you're using more than what you're, uh, if you're maxing out your credit cards all the time, that's going to keep your score down. You have to use at least utilization rate. Yeah, I think for a, a lot of us, in terms of our identity, we come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and we have to learn how to give each other the benefit of doubt. And we have to learn how to say, okay, let's bring all our knowledge together, create a plan going forth so that we're on the same page. And a lot of mm-hmm. that is what is a big struggle, particularly in this country, where you have a div- divorce rate of 50% and you're seeing so much turmoil mm-hmm. and tension. And the, the recent COVID-19 situation has shown that people either come together or people say, oh, that's it, this, is, this isn't working, and they separate it. And a lot of it has to do with financial pressure. And let's face it, this is a capitalistic society, and in a capitalistic society, you have to have winners and losers. And the winners are not the ones who are given stuff. The winners are the ones who are take advantage, who can take advantage of the right information and maximize opportunities. And that's what we're trying to do is help people understand how the how they have that winning mindset and how to just not have the individual winning mindset but that collective winning mindset right right because it doesn't make sense if i'm trying to get my credit together and larry's credit is jacked up we're partners we're a team we're married right so it just makes um things go a little bit cohesive when we're working together to to create a plan where we're like okay what we did in the past is definitely not working (laughs) so we have to um, come up with a plan so because we have goals that we're trying to accomplish and so once that plan is established we executing it not just writing it out but we're executing it and finding mentors that are on the level that we're trying to get to so that's why it's important to surround um, yourselves with people in your relationships that are at the level where you're trying to aim to, that's why the mentors are important. And even though I don't know um, these mentors personally, so to speak, that were from the podcast that we're listening, but they're dropping some nuggets, like every time that what we're learning through them, we can now share with others um, that we're working with along the way as we're helping ourselves. Cause like our, our, um, like we always are being uh, told through our at our church is that you lead while you bleed. You know, we're in a situation where we're trying to get, you know, 700 and above and what and it's getting there. So that's the great thing about it. It is getting there. So now we can bring along other people and show them how to the steps that they need to understand when it comes to credit repair. And the other thing that we're doing now is in, in terms of all the myriad and different relationships that we're having and that we're talking to, you have to understand when you're not getting what you want out of a relationship. So we have clients that have had relationships with credit repair agencies and they're not getting the service that they want and expected. Mm-hmm. 
and they're speaking up and they're speaking out. And whenever you're in a relationship, right. you have to know your value and you have to know when you can speak up. And when you feel like you can't speak up, know when to, you know, cut bait, cut your losses and say enough and move on. And that's one of the things that we want to also emphasize is having that shared equity is so important in any relationship and in, in, in any facet, whether it, whether you're with someone that you just met or you're reuniting with someone or you're meeting somebody who you think you can have an, uh, hopefully an opportunistic um, chance to be able to build something with, the whole point of knowing that um, relationship, being comfortable in that relationship, having that, that shared common cause and when things aren't going right, being able to recognize that, being honest with yourself. Because a lot of folks, unfortunately, they they like to delude themselves because they hope things get better. And, you know, the last thing you can do is waste time because you don't get that time you back. You don't get that time back. So, you know, in a relationship, if it's not going the way that it's supposed to go, whether it's in a business, romantic or whatever it is. Um, so... We uh, we've learned so much um, where we are now that we're excited because now we get to help other people along the way of because we see the advantage of what's happening with us now that we're improving our credit and in hopes of buying our first income property and doing all the things that we need to do to set up for our generational wealth building. Um, so right now towards moving towards the future, it's all about money management now. And that is key because if we don't know how to manage our money or manage the wealth, it's just going to be all in vain and not just for us, but teaching our boys and our godchildren and whoever, you know, how to do that. Because if we leave wealth and they don't know how to take care of it, it's going to be wasted. I think what we've learned from all our experience and what we've gone through is we've done better filtering out a lot of the information that we receive from the outside world. There comes a point in time where you have to say, well, if I was sick, I would go to a doctor because the doctor has expertise and can tell me what my health is and the status of the mm -hmm. health. And we have to understand that we need to understand what our financial health is as well. And we need to be willing to pay for experts or people who are more knowledgeable than right. us to say, hey, how am I financially healthy and where do my financial wellness, what can you do to help me get to that level? And a, a lot of folks feel like, oh, I don't need that. Or, I don't and, or they don't recognize when they're not getting that from the people mm -hmm. they pay. And this is something that you have to cultivate. This is knowledge that you, because someone has a number on right. you and you need to understand why that number is on you because they're saying that your credit worthiness is reduced to a number. And, uh, you know, like we've talked to a lot of our clients, uh, you are not a number. You want a story being told, not a number. Yes. You want the narrative. Not not just reduced to oh your FICO score because <laughs> that could that could just really do something to you you know on a mental mentally also you know so you have to like what Larry's saying is uh, making sure that you know how to 
recognize the things that you need to take care of and be able to invest in yourself, even if you have to pay the money. Because a lot of times we all just want something for free, but sometimes you have to pay the money to, um, to get to where you need to be. And it'll be worth it because if you have those financial goals or, or, you know, the financial literacy behind it, you're going to do, you're going to do well when you invest in yourself and in the people that you care about. One of the lessons that we've learned that what we're still learning about is realistic financial goals and pathways, Mm -hmm. because if we're building, you have to have a blueprint. And a lot of folks, they take for granted how to make a blueprint. And they've, we've all learned this from when we were in kindergarten when or when we were in elementary. And they said, what do you want to be when mm-hmm. you grow up? <laughs> and, and the relevance of that is, tell me what you want. And that was literally the whole ob- objective of that exercise. Tell me what you want to be. Tell me what you want to have. And that still is relevant. doesn't matter what our age is, whether it's 60, 70, 80. So we can still try to do and that. And I like how you brought up, um, have that blueprint. You know, I think of architecture, when the design, you know, they have that those skills to design, map out how they want that building to look like, what they want that piece of art to look like. And so it's the same thing with our finances. What, what do you want your finances to look like? And how are you going to be sustainable in it? So I'm hoping that, we shared some things that people can take away from and really think about their financial health and how to get, stay on par with it and keep it um, nourished so that you can thrive and move from survival mode to the thriving mode in your life. It's important for folks to understand you can't avoid paying taxes. Oh, the big taxes whether it's capital gains, whether it's depreciation, whether it's annualization, there's taxations on so many different levels that it doesn't make sense to sit up here and say, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to avoid paying taxes so I won't be involved in terms of getting knowledge on how to deal with how to fix my credit. So in other words, you have folks who say, I'm going to sit up here and my money has to be put into a savings account because that's going to save me from paying taxes. Whereas if you're investing that money and you're allowing that money to accrue the right kind of interest, you can then use compound interest and that allows you to be able to use a credit card. Yeah, that compound interest. Because a lot of folks look at credit card as emergency breaking case of oh my goodness happens. It's not really that intelligent to say, I'm putting my money in something that gives me close to zero to maybe 1% interest in the savings account, as opposed to going over to a Charles Schwab or Fidelity and getting a credit card based on your investment account and you have, and the money you have there is going to allow you to get rewards and, and cash um buyback um, rewards where the the credit card company is going to literally tell you, hey, we see you spent $5,000 this month. Here's 
$50 or $100 or here's some more rewards. You're going to be able to use that and you don't have to worry about taxation because it's not counted as earned income. You're, these are things that folks in our community need to learn. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Savings accounts are only useful if they're going to get more than what inflation is. Otherwise, your money is literally decaying in the savings account. And this is where people need to understand a credit card that gives you rewards, a credit card that offers um, things that you might need, like uh, for travel or a hotel room because you're using a credit card. That's that's winning. And that's that's what leads us to money management. Right. You know, we folks have to be more proactive in terms of managing their identity and they need to see it as a financial portfolio. Your literally your identity is going to be a financial portfolio because now things are becoming more digital. And there's a virtual world that's coming because of digital currency, stable coin, bitcoin, tokens. This is going to allow people to make money and there's a whole group of people that's going to miss out just like they missed out on the Tesla going up, just like they missed out on the stock market when it went up and down, just like they missed out on buying real estate. There's a whole new world of investment that's being opened up based on people's financial identity. If you don't believe me, look at what happened when Facebook was revealed to being exposed by giving away everyone's identity. They sell our identity for billions of dollars. And they're not even, Facebook doesn't charge. Why? Because they make money off of ads. This is something people need to understand what's what's happening. The digital currency is going to be more than the money in the bank. I think that you brought up a great point because the, the, um, the podcast that we looked at the other day, and we, we follow Earn Your Leisure um, podcast based out of New York, two guys, Troy Milling, Troy Millens and uh, Rashad Belial, and um, they're a business podcast. So if you're not listening to them, I encourage you to listen to them um, because they just bring on different people in the financial world that just be dropping these nuggets that we're learning. And so especially when it came to the business credit, because I did not know or we did not know how to um, build business credit. And it's a big difference between the personal credit and the bit and your business credit. So we'll we'll get more into detail about that at a at a later date. But um the whole digital world, we can't be afraid of it or can't just be like, okay, well, I'm not used to that. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. We gotta get used to being digital in this tech driven world that we live in. Because if not, you will be left behind on so many levels. It is definitely going to be the rich. Um, versus poor the middle class good luck <laughs> with that uh, with with that mindset so that you are able to keep up with what's going on and follow the trends know what's going on out there when it comes to investing in money management and keeping your score up and knowing the difference between your personal credit and building business credit well the thing that I think what folks don't realize is that, you know, in all the craze that went on this past year where people were racing for toilet right, paper. Right, toilet paper. 
that that's what became scarce. My father is an economist, and one of the things he always talked to me about was utilization and scarcity. And there are people who are very rich, very power, powerful, and they do not they do not want to be in a world where they are being affected by scarcity and utilization. What utilization is basically if you have toilet paper and everyone else wants toilet paper and see that amount run out, then when it's resupplied the way it was, when we saw six packs and eight packs turn into 24 and 26 and they made these outrageous claims that your 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 one ply of toilet paper is the same as a two ply. So therefore spend twice as much for 12 as you would because it's really 24 not Mm -hmm. 12 and that's called utilization where they're trying to make you think that you're buying the same amount of something that you know from just physical looking at it that it's not really the same 24 is 24 and these type of games that are being played are being played by people who realize that there has to be a separation and isolation in order to save um, resources from scarcity. And this is what people need to understand. Scarcity is real. And we see it in water. We're going to see it in air. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who are in denial about what's going on because either they already know what's coming or they don't want to know what's coming. And folks need to be prepared. Not This is not the end of the world, you're going to turn into a survival specialist. We're not saying that. What we're saying is you have to be prepared from a health level and from a financial level because now more than ever, because of the digital economy that's being put in place, that's there are going to be folks who are going to be given money to stay at home so other people can make money off of them. That's that's the world that's coming. Wow, that I mean, it's just so much out there, you guys, about um, the whole financial world. And basically, our in closing, what we want to do is just make sure that our audience and the people that, uh, especially the people that we're um, helping along the way, just understand that financial literacy and relationships is definitely. Um, key to everything. When you come in together in some type of relationship, you got to be on one accord with whoever you're with or whoever you're dealing business with, because it's going to play a factor in how you manage your money, how you're building your credit and um, being realistic. Like Larry said earlier about being, having realistic financial goals and having that blueprint architects have blueprints. They have blueprints of how a design is going to look and and all the intricacies of it. Same thing with our financial health. So if you're not working with a financial planner or um, some, some type of expert to help you with your financial health to make sure it's sustainable, we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to, to seek financial planning help in every um, aspect of your finances. Yeah, we're coming into a world where when you're asking someone out, you're going to be asking them, hey, what's your credit score? Um, what's your credit history like? How do you feel about credit utilization? Um, and and you're going to work on trying to create an, an area of trust and being able to give folks the benefit of the doubt 
And you want to be able to see people who are willing to grow mm-hmm. in areas of their identity. And yeah, yeah, money shouldn't be the source of everyone's relationship or the center of everyone's relationship, but it's one of the foundations of building a relationship. Um, it's one of the relationships you have with society. Um, you're, you, you expect the government to protect your identity. So you have to understand what people can and can't do to you, particularly when it comes to finances, because it's your future. And, and, and it's your family's future. That is it. It's your family's future. Like we said, it's not just about you for the now. It's not about just right now, the present. It is about your future, your legacy. Okay, so we appreciate everybody tuning in to Think Big Educational Services. Larry, is there anything else you want to say before we close out this wonderful podcast on financial literacy and relationships? Yeah, Think Big Educational Services also offers, obviously, um, educational guidance in terms of college financing, finding scholarships, being able to locate uh, resources you may need for even testing, as a matter of fact. Think Big Educational Services also offers expertise if you're writing a book or some type of essay or dissertations. We can also um, help out with that. We also offer services for... um, helping folks navigate learning pods or being able to locate um, tutoring for their um, for their kids in terms of uh, if they want to supplement the education that they're going through. Lastly, we are also involved into counseling people on their credit. That's one of the things that we offer on our website. You can go to our website at thinkbigedservices.org www of course and you can link and and get us a message and we'll see what type of opportunity we can help you with and we also offer the first consultation as being free all right thank you so much episode four done